Living their lives. We just living their lives. Parking plies, living their lives. We just living their lives. Now, let's go into parte numero dos as the sun sets here in Bali. Look at that. All these sunsets, baby. Woo. Last time I saw you was January 2020, and then boom, February, the whole Rona hit. So I wanted, I've been thinking about doing this 2020 recap video for myself. So let's do that right now. I wanted to reflect just for myself on my whole year of 2020. I actually lived in six different places in 2020, which was like the, the supposedly the year where travel was like closed. I still had a year full of like travel and moving around. Businesses grew, started more businesses. So my 2020 was crazy. And uh, I didn't want to do this video for by myself. So I wanted to hit up the homie Evan to be my uh, co-host or whatever. And uh, if you're if you're just tuning in, we just did a full interview with him about his 2020 and how his uh, uh, copywriting business has uh, has grown in 2020. And he's living in Georgia and uh, tips on if you want to become a copywriter, uh, direct response copywriter, how to do that. But anyway, uh, so just to, to summarize it to, to myself and then Evan will pick my brain even further. I started off uh, 2020, January in Chiang Mai and went to, uh, back to Bangkok in, uh, in March. And that's when Corona hit. And that was the most stressful time of my life. Like I remember it was like mid April when Corona like just started popping in the US. And I remember everyone remembers that day where the NBA got canceled uh, and they're like, and so that was the most, I mean, I've had a pretty, pretty lucky, pretty blessed life and have, have no, uh, no huge tragedies or whatever, but I just looking back, that was the, the one of the most stressful, probably the most stressful um, moment in my life where I had to decide, do I stay in Thailand and Bangkok or do I emergency fly home? And it was like a week where like Parker was in Bangkok as well. And he was like, we're going back and forth. Like, you're going to stay, you're going to go home. And you're going to stay, you're going to go home. Parker elected to, to fly home. So he did like yeah, four we had months. had this chat home. too. Around this time, we were talking, both of us as well. Like, I remember when Park fl uh, flew home, you were trying to figure out if you're going to do that, but you kind of were quarantining yourself in the nice condo that you had. And you're like, yeah, yeah screw yeah. it, I'll just stay here, whatever. So I remember we were chatting, yeah. we were chatting on video and around that time is flown by. Yeah, that was a crazy time, you know. <laughs> I haven't, uh, haven't, you know, expanded on this, but yeah, I wanted to revisit it uh, before it gets too late into into 2021. But yeah, we'll, we'll never, never forget that. But I, I, I think I made the great decision because um, because I did have that the apartment, the Airbnb I was living in, had that big penthouse, basically co-working space. It was basically all to myself every day. It was, so it was that, and um, and just the going back to the u.s i would have had to you know self-quarantine basically because you don't know you, like you don't want to give it to your parents and your grandparents and like so you're gonna have to like do a week or two quarantine because like i remember in the back of my mind it was like worst case scenario is i fly back home and then like i i i'm a, um, not showing symptoms but i'm a carrier and i give it to my parents and like and i get sick and die <laughs> so i was like okay we played safe, stick it out here in Bangkok. Yeah, we also didn't know like a whole lot of the risk as well. We didn't know exactly like what we know now. It's been everyone forgets this, but we also forget that 
or yeah, I just said the same thing. Twice. Everyone forgets that we have like such a quick knowledge over the you know year that it seems like everything is you know normal. Like after a year, we know a lot more about this virus than we did in April. So April, we're just like, oh my god, we don't even know what this yeah. is. This thing is novel. Like it's part of the SARS-CoV-2 thing. Okay, we don't know about what this implication is. So we didn't. I don't think we even knew around April or May or whatever that it's more susceptible for people over you know whatever sixty plus. Like may have been out already but we didn't know how contagious it was what the symptoms were really going to be or whatever so yeah i had the same type of thing where i was like i'm pretty sure i'm going to stay put but i'm contemplating flying home but even then if i do i don't want to risk for anyone that i bring it to if possible you know yeah so yeah it stayed there you know bangkok for you know basically five four four or five months there in bangkok and it was just a grind uh you know just it was just like kind of normal, except uh, you just, there's no nightlife and you're not working in a cafe. Uh, you're just kind of working from home. And luckily I had that basically co-working space in my building. So it's just like working there every day. And for half of the lockdown in Bangkok, Starbucks was open uh, for the, for the, for the middle chunk of it. There was, it was just, it, yeah, it was just uh, uh, takeaway only, but then towards the end, it like it opened up again. Anyway, long story short, lockdown wasn't bad in um in bangkok yes gyms were closed like pretty much everywhere but um yeah it was like four months in bangkok and then uh yeah went home months home for july as usual and then croatia for two months because mm. they were open to american open. tourists and then turkey turned into three months because oh, they're also yeah which you were my neighbors and... dude you were my neighbor for so long but that border was closed for georgia forever still yeah. i think I, I looked at it. I looked at it. Uh, I was looking at the, the situation. Uh, we, we were talking a little bit if I would come visit, but I'll make it there someday, uh, sometime. And then, um, boom, got the, got the Bali visa uh, a month before they closed the borders here. So, But actually just today, uh, a couple hours ago, I just heard they're uh, starting to process and accept the visa applications as well. What's the uh, visa again, you're on? What did you get? Was that just tourists, like a double stamp 60 day thing? Or did you do no, like a year or there's, social? There's or? no tourist visas, but you can get a business visa. Okay. So a year? You can get a business visa. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a two month business visa, but you can extend it uh, twice. So six months total. Um, yeah, so, nice. uh, yeah, I had a, a friend referred me to their a visa agent and they, they arrange it and everything. You can get a business visa that's possible. Um, so nice. yeah, now here now chilling in this, uh, gigantic Starbucks, uh, actually, yeah, that looks dope, just, dude. uh, yeah, just, uh, discovered this actually, Shangu, I was right? just at, this is actually in Kutsa and I'm down here because oh, I was just actually at immigration extending my visa a few ah. hours ago. So on the way back, stopped here in Kuta, there's this brand new build starbucks that uh that i'm in right now it's the biggest starbucks i've ever seen by two to three times it's it's ridiculous Whoa. super cool it's like riley's uh, heaven anyway, bro <laughs> yeah <laughs> place. In my heaven my heaven so i was like yeah let me stay here get my starbucks view um but uh yeah it's a blessing so i was in like six different places i was in chiang mai bangkok uh back home so, so seattle slash bellevue uh and then croatia and then turkey and then bali so six different places in 2020 so yeah that's kind of crazy and during bangkok i created a new business uh re changed my and updated my amazon course changed the name from the amazon method which you made the original logo for oh yeah yeah 
2015. Throwback. When I first <laughs> launched it in 2015, 2016, uh, uh, rebranded it into 90 Day FBA, found a new mm. business partner for that, launched it, went through three different groups of like five people average each of a 90 day mastermind, boom, 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 mm. and some were overlapping. So started a whole new business during Corona on lockdown. Nice. And then got to uh, Croatia, which is freaking amazing. It was summertime, just sipping espressos by the yachts there every morning with Danny and Parker. We freaking bounced out there ASAP because they were both home for like, well, Danny was home for over over six months. And Parker was home for uh, four forest months, which is his longest time home, you know, in six years. Uh, so he was itching to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. So... They did research and they're like, yeah, Croatia's it's open. Let's go. So we boom, flew right out there and Croatia was freaking amazing. Uh, there was no lockdown at all for the first few weeks. Nightlife was all night. Um, <laughs> and then they stopped nightlife and everything closed at the 12. But we're still like, we did the, the day parties and the beach parties until 12. Uh, Closing no nightlife is the equi equivalent to uh, kicking Riley out. They're like, all right, nightlife's closed. Riley's like, all right, next country, deuces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, peace. Um, but anyway, um, oh, yeah. And like, um, and then during that whole process, we decided to, um, in Croatia, we were masterminding and decided to register our agency. Um, okay, register our agency in Thailand. So that's actually going on right now which is by Danny Parker in Bangkok now yeah. uh, but I couldn't go because they only allow two two applicants to go to register your company huh. so I was like all right I'll hang back I'll go to Turkey I'll go to Istanbul I don't know I'll go to Bali but the nearest place that I can get my Bali visa the nearest Indonesian embassy was Istanbul from Croatia hmm. so that's why I went wow. to Istanbul just to pick up the visa real quick so it was just going to be a two weeks Stopover real quick in Istanbul. Ended up falling in love with it, meeting a super cool tour guide girl. She introduced me to some friends, a couple other like homies, friends of friends were there. It's turned into three months. It stayed my whole visa 90 days out. Just released the uh, uh, Istanbul review video a couple days ago, kind of summarizing that. That was amazing. But uh, and then and then Bali, which is where I am now. But back up to 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 uh, uh, July. And back home in July, my agency blew up because I think one of the main reasons was because I was able to reply to Upwork messages for the first time right away, you know, on my phone, on the computer, because it's American clients. I was on American time zone for the first time doing the agency. And so, boom, we got like four new clients in July. Boom, profile goes top rated. And then for, from July, August was on fire as well. Invites, leads coming in every day. Croatia was so sick. Like uh, in the evenings, I was on calls pretty much every night, one or two calls, um, sales calls, discos. Um, so onboarded like a handful of new clients. But uh, yeah, so my agency blew up during 2020. So it's been crazy. Um, as I said, got a bunch of new clients during um during croatia and turkey so like the big picture is 2020 was my busiest year in business ever my busiest uh busy being busy is kind of a good and a bad word but like yeah, it was good whole new course business 
whole new the agency is now on the next level. Like it's now, look at the agency. We have a full-time American and a guy for the first time. So that's a huge, huge milestone. He now has an, an intern that works with him a couple of days a week, part-time. What's your, what's your offering like specifically? Uh, what are you packaging and selling to the clients? And is it like on what's the model? Is that on retainer? Yeah, and like, what are you delivering yeah, for them? Or stuff like retainer that? for Amazon, Amazon PPC management and consulting. Okay, nice. So we're your, we're your Amazon PPC managers and also your Amazon consultants. So did you uh, niche down Upwork. further to Amazon PPC? Because I think you were a lot more broad earlier, right? Or maybe. Um, uh no it's just any, any amazon seller any any brand selling on amazon mm. but we kind of found our space in supplements because a lot of supplement companies we we happen to get a handful of supplement companies and so now we're like hey now we're specialty of supplements so like now it's even a more of an attractor for more supplements brands yeah yeah so we've kind of found, kind of found that little, little niche um but uh yeah amazon pvc management uh you know started off um you know at like 500 a month you know, in 2019 and then beginning of 2020, 500, 750 a month minimum. And now it's uh, 1500 a month uh, minimum. Uh, that came around like around, uh, around August race or minimum. Right. So you doubled your prices in August, basically. Yeah. 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 Basically, basically, you know, same as you were talking about, you know, just slowly yeah. raise your, raise your hourly rate, raise your, your minimum. So it's like, yeah, it's literally anything less than 1500 a month is not, not worth our, our, our time. Yeah. Uh, Do you find those yeah, clients sure. are a, a little bit more like fun to work with or they get better results or they're more committed or anything like that? Is it the same as, same as my findings or is it different or? Mm, yeah. Yeah. You know, you want to work with, uh, with brands that have big marketing budgets, you know, not people that are like on a budget, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, where cash is. So it makes things, uh, yeah, it makes things better. Uh, but of course the business model is to work with big, big brands that are doing over a million in revenue a year. Um, you know, 1500, 2k, 3k, you know, some of our clients are like 2k, 2.5k, uh, 3k depends on the size of their store. Um, yeah, that's, that's the business model for sure. But, um, yeah, agency blew up in October. We took on this like big, big client. It was like the most stressful month of my life. Like, Oh my God. Um, it was you just actually, said April was man. You can't take it back. You can't just say October was also the stressful. Month no, ever. no. It was like October or April was like the most stressful, like life shit. Yeah. yeah. And like October was the most stressful I've ever been in business. Cause like uh, my whole, my whole business up till now has been just selling my own products on Amazon. That's not stressful. So this is my first real in the thick of like a client people based business. Yeah, yeah. You know, I guess since I was door to door selling, but they're not really your client. That's just like exchange done. Um, so this is my first thing. And like we hired, it was actually, it's actually a marketing agency or basically just two guys that they got a big contract from a, a, a multinational supplement company and they knew them friend of friend of business contacts. They got a big contract to handle their Amazon channel. Then they went on Upwork and hired an Amazon marketing agency to outsource the work to. And it was this uh, okay. huge like project manager sort of. Yeah. It was this huge miscommunication about a mile milestone based contract versus a retainer and like mm. as you know there's always miscommunication it's part of learning uh, you know in yeah. business you gotta be real life. clear with the communication so, yeah difficult. like and and expectations it was, it was part part their fault and part my fault for like 
I didn't pick the brain deep enough and ended yeah. up the scope of work ended up being five X what I thought it was. Yeah. When scope I was creep is a real thing. Five X. Sure. There, Cause there was, we had to switch the Amazon account and like, we weren't aware of that but when the hire took place. There was this whole thing. And then, um, yeah, come like one or two months later, it was like, okay, we're spending five X the amount of time on this. The price should be there. There's this whole, whole fiasco about pricing and like they were pissed i was pissed it was like whoa fucking stressful situation so fucking that went down when i was in istanbul um so yeah yeah, big big learning experience uh uh there but now uh uh, this week is actually their last week we we dropped them because it was way way too stressful with the client so we dropped them finally they were begging for another month another month but uh yeah this this two days from now will actually be their last official day so that's kind of a sounding pretty excited excited for that one yeah i was gonna say that actually reminded me of something quite similar because like july i had a similar client as well and like it broke all the rules of of like what i thought was what we were just talking about like okay you have a good level you get leverage for your time you know you have a professional you know client show up and all that because the client was quite, you know, quite prepared, quite intelligent, quite well funded, and yet was still just not able to implement the copy that I was delivering. He didn't have the uh, infrastructure in place. And he really was like trying to edit everything, like going line for line on every single document, trying to edit and rearrange everything all perfectly. And he paid me like, I don't know, it was over 8K for this one copy project. And I was like, dude, like, you paid me eight G's plus for this specific copy yeah. that you want me to write and you want to edit every line and like tweak it and ruin it. Like he wouldn't even, my, my main rule as a writer is just like, dude, if you're going to put in the work that, you know, that it takes to prepare a campaign and you're going to strategize it with a copywriter and you're going to spend a quite a bit of money to get it done, just run it first. Like, please test it and like, let the market decide if it's working or not. At least do that a minimum of one time. Because then we can start tweaking and angling and maybe revising. But he just wanted to like get all the work done and wasn't able to like really do it because he got so bogged down in the editing, which I've got, I've had to get a lot more clear to my clients about like, look, don't edit this all crazy. Don't rip this up. Like every line and purpose and period and ellipses has a purpose specifically that I wrote in this way. And this is how the market should be responding. This is as, as tight as I can get to a match of the market as like a, a cr- in the crosshairs of what I'm delivering and then what the market wants. So please just put it out there and just let them decide for themselves, but it just wouldn't happen, didn't work. And it was a, a huge scope creep and we had to you know, kind of reassess, but I, I definitely feel you on that because I had the exact, exact same experience, but it broke all, the, broke all the rules that I thought I had in my head, similar to what you said, like they're a big na- multinational company or the client's client is at least, they got money out the ears, that's not a problem. They got the team to implement it, but it still turned out to be a pain in the ass and so you got to just, I've been, and maybe you can help me, you know, cause we're in a similar business model for the agency and the copy delivery stuff, like client work. Maybe you can help me brainstorm as well for this specific reason, how you overcome one of those type of hurdles and how you actually pre-screen clients, even if they have money, yeah. have, you know, infrastructure and have the manpower to like implement it. How do you pre-screen clients to make sure they're not paying the ass clients? I don't know the answer to it. Yeah. It, yeah, and uh, we're getting better at that. And we, we also have a uh, on our team. I have a full time uh, full time European uh, copywriter. She's actually right. uh, in, in Bulgaria. Uh, she's nice. also an Amazon marketer. Uh, and another full time Philippines copywriter. She's an Amazon marketer. Uh, marketer. 
and another full-time uh, graphic designer. She's in Hungary. So we're, we're okay. like four, five, four, but, um, but to your point of the um, filtering, I've been working on the last couple of weeks of forms and questionnaires, yeah. all about forms and questionnaires. Um, mm. The more detailed it can be, the more it, uh, it's better for setting expectations. And one specific thing I'm adding to it is requirements. So just a set of requirements. We require full control um, over PPC strategy and we require full control over copywriting. And um, nice. we require that our copywriting for the Amazon listings is not edited or in oh, something nice. like, or otherwise, otherwise we cannot um, guarantee results. Cause my copywriters, one of the big back and forth and their headaches was same exact thing you said, they want to change it. And they're like, no, yeah. you, you can't like, I know the rules. And so yeah. I'm just going to stick those things into my forms. And I just switched over to a jot form because I saw two agencies recently um, that I checked out using JotForm. It's super dope. You can even take payments at the end, little check, check boxes, signatures, so you can even use it for your contracting. So I'm building these uh, JotForms uh, as a surveys slash onboarding questionnaires slash uh, even lead generation forms for a website. So. Sweet. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, you can just straight up ask them, like, are you a pain in the ass? No, just kidding. No, yeah. but that's a good one because like I do have forms that they fill out and it's quite detailed. However, I think that is a great actionable strategy that I'm going to start tweaking because I uh, I do need to set the expectation specifically that they're not going to be able to just stick their little hungry fingers in the pie and start messing everything up after I've baked it. You know, like just test it like the market needs to know the response. You need to get them. You, know, you need to know the response from the market rather because otherwise, dude. It's, you don't know where it's going and you're going to tweak something. What if it was going to work when you launched it, but you tweaked it before you launched it and you ruined it. Like it's very, very rare that they're going to do it to make it even better. Like, and you do have to take some feedback. You have to listen to your clients because they do know their business. And the, the more, you know, further along down the road in terms of revenue and consistency and momentum that they have, they, they know their clients and customers better than you do if you're coming on board, of course. So you still have to have some synergy, but I definitely think yeah. I'm going to be working on the, uh, yeah, implementing that action tip there because that's that's clutch. Yeah, yeah, it's a balance between uh, uh, working how you work and keeping clients happy. Because I was like, keeping client, keeping people happy is half of the business model. So like, as long as they're happy, they're gonna keep paying you. Um, much, you know, yeah. that's that that's that's half of it. You know, just keeping them happy so they keep paying you, you know, month after month. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just like yeah, it's just relationship building, keeping keep people happy and, uh, and confident with you. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I've I've added all these like little check marks. Um, like literally, they have to tick the box that says, like, "I understand." It's, it's I have this whole page uh, on the job form of just like quick client understandings. I understand that we are human and we're not perfect, and thus we will make mistakes. Uh, I understand <laughs> that we are not liable for uh, any suspensions or things that may happen on your account. I understand that yeah. your dedicated point of contact will be the project manager. I just like basically oh, uh, nice. streamline, take, yeah. take them through streamlined all exactly how we work. Basically everything I've learned over the last six months of the um, headaches, just put that into the um, either, either uh, the first survey before you even get on the disco call or put that on the uh, the onboarding uh, form before they pay. Um, so uh, so if they start being a headache, uh, you want to find out if they're going to be a, a headache even before they pay. Um, yeah, of course. And, and we have turned down uh, headache, headache clients. And that's a big part of my job is to filter those 
uh, headache clients that only take really, really good matches because like we're, we're in no rush. We want to have fewer clients, but more high paying. Yeah, quality um, over quantity. A lot. Same. Yeah, same. Yeah, I've been noticing yeah. the same thing. What you just said brought up two points. Uh, one of them is if you, yeah, you know, you get a new prospect and you don't know who they are specifically, you can start doing two different uh, personality tests really quickly. One is the color code mm -hmm. test and one is the Myers-Briggs, like INFJ and, you know, ENTP and all that stuff. Because there's only 16 of those. You can kind of group them quite quickly before you want to sign them, maybe with your screening questions. And then um, a second question or a second thing I think of, uh, that I thought of, I guess, is like every client, maybe they teach you a new thing and then you didn't even know that was coming. But through experience, you might put one, you might shape a new question based off that bad experience from the past client and start doing next. Um, oh yeah. And then the, the last thing I was going to say, actually I have three things is that I'm actually trying to not be on calls as much anymore at all, because I used to offer yeah. like certain 60, 90 minute calls consulting along the, you know, along the time where they could use my two hours or whatever throughout the two months that we'd be working together on a bigger high ticket project, like 10 K or something. Um, and I'll be like, you know, you can use these anytime we can call back and forth, whatever. And I'm getting to the point where I've asked those for the most part, because I'm providing consulting with my actual feedback when I'm typing, because it's just faster and I can clearly yeah. delineate the things that I want them to understand. And then secondly, it's just screening people less, like screening them more through text and overview of chats rather than just getting on the phone because you got to schedule on my calendly. I got to like book it with you. We got to show up at that time, which, and I, and it's obviously going to be mismatched if they're in the U S and person that just don't enjoy being on the phone at all. Obviously yeah. I love stuff like this. I would talk to my best friends for three hours, but a client I'm like, I don't want to like just use my time on the phone because it's not efficient. And it seems like an efficient at first, because let's just get up and we can talk about everything really quick and blah, blah, blah. But a lot of, a lot of yeah. calls end up going over a lot of people just want to spill everything that they have. Like you can just wrap this up quite nicely and just zip it to me and I'll be able to preview it in 20 minutes and know everything about your customer that I need to know, get up to speed on your brand, your market your research, like it's way more efficient. So I'm really, a lot of people like, okay, Hey Evan, like, thanks for reaching out. Or, you know, like I saw your this and that and the other, like, would you like to have a schedule of the call, blah, blah, blah. And like 90% of the time I'm like, you know, actually uh, I found it to be more efficient if you're able to just brief me with the background of your customer avatar, your product, your offer, yeah. and then we can get up to speed like that. And they say, most people are like, yeah, okay, cool. Some people are like, oh, sorry, I'd rather get on a call, but it's kind of rare. Like uh, most people adapt yeah. to what I say. So it's like, okay, great. Because honestly, we don't need to talk on the phone for like 50 minutes to, you know, yeah. understand what you're, what you're getting at. I get it. I've done this quite yeah. a long time and you've done this quite a long time. So let's just compare the best energies that we have to share the knowledge. We can get up to speed on each other quite quickly, if that makes sense. Yep, 100%, yeah. And and I like how you have it on your website where it's like apply to chat yeah. with Evan and it's like apply to work with Evan. Where we're on, uh, my, our website is, uh, is under construction. I'm gonna switch it to that kind of uh, uh, model where it's like apply to work with you. And then it takes you down a, a quick questionnaire where, you know, you have some questions that obviously, you know, screen them and uh, yeah, forms. <laughs> I love forms, dude. They're the best. It's like, we have- Yeah, you have to share me your job called. form ones. That's a good idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll show you the, the job form. Um, but uh, yeah, shit. Yeah, we just had a little agency mastermind there. Um, <laughs> I know you, uh, it's coming up on an hour a total since, uh, since the beginning. I know you, you got to run, you're out there with the, oh, show your, uh, show your view for, uh, for people still yeah, watching. Got this one again. Uh, one second.
Yeah, I'm like, I'm up in the mountains, but I'm not working super hard. It's just like, we got a couple things to do or some errands to run and just to enjoy the day, you know, but um, I'm really, I'm not doing much work at all. Like, that's the window. Got a little, it's like a little cabin hotel, basically, like wood, you know, log cabin yeah. in the hotel and they yep. got breakfast and they got the sauna and they got the cold plunge and all that stuff. And like, it's just been amazing. Like, I'm just, I'm just doing some R&R in the mountains, you know, we're like uh, 2000 meters up roughly. And uh, yeah, it's been great, dude. Yep. Colorado kid kicking it in Georgia, but the other Georgia. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I was actually born in Georgia too. Like I was born there, not this one, but the other oh, one. And then we moved to Colorado when I was younger. But like I was born in Atlanta, nice. so it's kind of funny from going Georgia to Georgia full circle, but <laughs> not the way you expect. Nice, nice. That who would have knew? Who would have fucking known? I'm sitting in Indonesia right now in a Starbucks, yeah. uh, Mr. Uh, Seattle, uh, home of Starbucks, yeah. Starbucks kids, Starbucks nomads. But anyway, yeah, that was dope. I got, I got my, uh, my uh, 2020 reflection off my chest. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, five different countries, Thailand, USA, Croatia, Turkey, Turkey. and Indonesia all in 2020 during the pandemic. So I guess like yeah. my summary of what I've been saying is like, even now beginning of 2021, uh, hello people. There's still countries that are open. You can go to Mexico, yeah. tons of nomad friends there. Uh, like Sri Lanka. I see uh, a couple nomad friends are there. I don't know if the borders are open, but ask Google, where can I travel now? So yeah. more and more people are uh, working remotely now, whether they're forced to, or whether that was a goal anyway. Uh, yeah. you can still think, travel yeah. right now, guys. The innovation has exploded as well past like three years. Like we we're talking about crypto, of course, we we're talking about travel, we we're talking about remote work. Like these types of things have exploded because of 2020, I think like up to three to five years in advance, because like, I feel like we were going to be here around like 24, 25, uh, because, you know, one year of shutting everything down kind of made everything, you know, everybody realized like, oh, wow, I don't, you know, all the quantitative easing is crazy. So that's like flooding more of the crypto stuff money's flooding into asset prices like stocks because the cash is you know less useful or less valuable it's like a melting ice cube and then the remote work obviously people getting furloughed and whatever and then companies being like wait why the hell why do we pay like five five ten fifteen twenty k a month for this office space and we have a bunch of people coming in every day and commuting and using their life value and their lifetime to you know sit in a box in the car on a highway on an interstate so yeah i think this really uh catapulted everything for you know yeah, three to five years in advance and it's pretty cool to watch yeah. because we we were per positioned perfectly to do the capitalization on this but most people weren't however most people were able i feel like to adapt to the remote work situation and then obviously people into finance and investing started shifting their money into assets to grow because the fiat is you know low value at the moment it's just getting pumped to money yep. money printer go burr you know yeah so, yep yep, yep. Yeah, that's a whole another revolution we can talk yeah, about whole another, another podcast, <laughs> crypto revolution. And then we got the AI revolution that's barreling into our living rooms and our lives like, holy yeah. shit, that's just getting started. That's a whole another thing that's going to be changing our lives in the coming uh, years For and real. decades. Um, you know, it goes along with the overall technology revolution that we're, uh, you know, part of working remote. And sure. uh, yeah, all you need is a freaking laptop and, uh, you know, you can be good. We've been living that six years now. Whew, yeah, crazy. crazy. You started at 20. I started at 25. Holy shit, I'm 31. Oh, my God. <laughs> time, time flies. Time flies. But wow. Yeah, 2020 flew by. Hopefully the this uh, pandemic shit uh, settles down. But uh, yeah, again, you guys... Um, not everyone's dream is to travel and uh, have an international lifestyle, but I think 
most of us. So yeah, young homies, like tag a friend in the, in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're watching this on uh, listening on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever, tag a friend that like wants to, you know, I, I just say study abroad or live abroad. Like you can still do it right now during Corona. Just ask Google, uh, type it in Google or YouTube. What countries are open to visit slash travel right now? And there will be a video or, or a blog post that breaks down the updates. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't let this current situation stop you from, from doing what you want. Um, escape the lockdown life, get out there, get down to Mexico at the very least. I know it's open people. So get down there and uh, hit me up. I can connect you with friends, like whatever. Tons of people are up in Mexico right now chilling. Yes, sir. So, yeah, yes, sir. Um, yeah, if you guys want to uh, see my daily behind the scenes on uh, in Bali, where I am right now, I'll be here for at least a uh, at least a little while. Uh, hit me on Instagram at Living That Life TV uh, behind the scenes, and Evans at uh, MotiveEmotion.com. Hit them up, Ev. Let's uh, let's do it again, and uh, yeah, in a little bit, and uh, see yeah, how much further we have grown. Cause nuts are exponential. It's exponential. Yeah, buddy. Just getting started. Yep. Alright, motherfucker. Let's hope this recorded. But uh, either way, yeah. Yeah. We'll talk soon. Yo, by the way, I was uh, yeah. wondering when are you gonna go back to Bangkok? Cause I knew you guys are setting up that business. So you can stay for like three years. Like, what oh, are the? Yeah. What's the overview of that shit with the ins and outs? Like, how hard was it? Was it expensive? Like, how are you, are you gonna uh, relocate? Dude. Parking uh, Lux masterminded the whole thing. I was like, oh, shit. didn't even have anything to do with it, but they they masterminded wow. it. And uh, I mean, hard's a relative relative term. You know, it's hard to escape from poverty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so how hard is it to register a business in Thailand? You just Google and figure yeah, sure. that. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, so all during uh, the two months in Croatia, they were figuring it out on the phone with lawyers and business agents to help you do that. And uh, I, I should should uh, be good to go um within a month or two the whole process took you know three to four months um but uh yeah you register your your uh, your digital uh, agency there there's some some sort of program where they, they incentivize you know digital companies to come there and boom you get the visa you get the work visa so we'll uh, we'll have that three uh, three year uh, visa or whatever but uh yeah if you want to know details uh, hit them up but so, yeah yeah for sure i was just wondering because i i mean one term like long term i'm definitely considering doing something like that i know that i've decided since i've been in georgia i don't want to go back to thailand until i can like easily afford like a fucking elite visa and stay for five or ten years you know or a business thing mm -hmm. like this and just like actually plant down yeah. because i've recognized the value of staying in one place and being so comfortable that having a home i never felt that in all those asian countries i felt it temporarily for three to six months at a time but here, bro, one year straight solid has been just infinitely fucking valuable. So I'm, I'm not, I've decided not even to go back to Asia until I can get some semi-permanent setups. I think your way starts to potentially bleed into a, a permanent residence. Um, and I also was talking to Robbie and Nick a while back. I know that it got harder. Jacob was saying it quite, got quite a, a bit harder. So I was wondering, you know, obviously you, you guys did it. I know one of my good friends, Maurice from Poland, just did the same thing for his business setup. Yep. So very interested in those long-term oh, options nice. and whatnot as I get more options and yeah. more elevation and all that. So yeah, just curious, but um, yeah, man, I'm really glad that you guys yeah. got it. That's gonna be fucking sick, like long-term. Yep, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the whole, uh, what's it called? 
flag theory or nomad capitalist yeah flag theory. Yeah. You fall. yeah yeah search flag theory and nomad capitalist guys and i'm sure evan's got some videos on, on his youtube channel so yeah, yeah. yeah go check out evan's uh, channel as well um hit him up anyways um cool yeah i'm gonna I'm bounce from a uh, starbucks palace right now um but uh yeah come, come to come to yeah I'll, I'll see you you'll you'll be back here i'll see you in bali or bangkok or wherever yeah no doubt sometimes no doubt bro peace brother much yeah. love talk soon all right yeah one living that life we just living that life talking plus living that life Listening to the Living That Life Digital Nomad Podcast. Hit the subscribe button on iTunes if you're a boss, and check out the YouTube channel for dope travel videos. Let's go.